Hi everyone. It is a busy day here in the Merkersonville household. We are roofing what we started this weekend and right now, well we've been in rain and cold forever, but this weekend has decided to get up to the 90s, which is hot here in the Pacific Northwest. And when you're up on a roof, we're doing this ourselves, it is hot. I never realized how much hard work roofing is until I was made to go up on the roof because it's all hands on deck. We're trying to get it done ourselves, save a couple dollars, and um, I have a new appreciation for roofers, guys. I don't like high places. I may have cried a little bit up on the very top, but I had to do it, but I'm super proud of myself. Sturdy girl does roofing, I guess, but I just want to forewarn you, it's a busy house today. The grandbaby, she's over, she's watching TV, she's watching Disney Plus just on the other side of this wall. So you might be hearing some cartoons, uh, you might be hearing the air compressor come on, you might be hearing some nails pounding, and you'll be hearing the washing machine directly above me. It's just a full house and some voices. I'm right by the garage door, so you might hear some garage door slamming too. But oh well, that's how it is, real life, right? Our last podcast, I was so proud of um, Kehlani sharing her identity journey with us and calling it Hot Girl Healthy. Don't you love that? We're going to be doing another conversation take next week to continue that Hot Girl Healthy discovering our identity. That's that's awesome. I, I'm super proud of that one. But today I wanted to do a Jesus Take, a continuation of the Identity Series, um, just on the Jesus Take side. And if you remember, our home base verse from the last podcast was Ephesians 1.11. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Man, that is a nugget to bite off right there. In the last Jesus Take podcast, we talked about that first part of who we are in Christ. And remember, at the forefront of our identity work is to realize that first of all, you are fully loved by God. And you want to know that as your base before you jump into the identity work. You are fully loved by God. So the next part, what are we living for? Most of us have a hard enough time choosing which flavor of creamer we want in our coffee in the morning, let alone what I'm living for purpose, calling, drive, aim, whatever you want to call it. Life is filled with questions. Should I date this guy? Should I marry him? Do I take the job? Are we ready to start a family? Do I invest money here or there? Bitcoin, do we move? Do we stay? Do I start school? Do I take 15 credits or 20? Can I handle that? What's for dinner? Should I go left? Should I go right? Isn't this so true? The questions never stop. Every season of life has its questions. From the small ones of, hey, what's for dinner, mom? To the big ones. Now, I remember sitting in the hospital with my dad, and that big question was, does he come off the ventilator? Those are life's big questions. Those were questions that I thought other families had to deal with. Not my own, but eventually, we all have the big hard ones also. And I 100% believe that God gives us guidance. 
I believe we can ask for it. And he tells us to ask for wisdom. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us. He's given us a moral compass. Right and wrong. It's written on our hearts, guys. He gives us those red flags, those inner feelings that we can choose to pay attention to or not pay attention to. When he's letting us know, hey, don't go there. Don't do that. So I call them the heebie-jeebies sometimes. For instance, Robert told me a story the other day when him and his dad were deer hunting and they came upon some sort of weird structure out in the middle of the woods. And Robert said he felt those goosebumpy feelings as soon as he said that. His dad said, A, which his dad calls him A. We need to slowly back out of here. Not turn around and walk away, but he said specifically, we need to back out. They listened to those red flags and backed out until his dad said he felt like they could turn around and, and walk again. And who knows why, but they listened to it. That moral, that, not that wasn't a case of morals, but that, that, inner, that inner voice. God gives us guidance or nudges that we can pay attention to or not. Like, should I call or text a friend out of the blue? Or do I pay for someone's meal or someone's gas? We know that God would never direct you to go against who he is or his nature, which is love and justice and mercy. So there's that guidance also. But what about those times when you're specifically asking God for a direction to go or a specific decision that you need to make? And it seems like the response is crickets, not a nil, nothing. I mean, is it just me? I don't think so. God seems to be especially quiet on those decisions that need to be made, and you're not sure whether it should be a yes or a no. Why does that almost seem like the norm? This is a Jesus take, so let's talk about some Bible people that received direct instruction when it came to decisions in where or, or what to do. Like there's Jonah. He was told to go to Nineveh, right? Didn't want to, tried to avoid it, got swallowed by a whale, yada, yada. Jesus told the disciples after his resurrection specifically to go to Galilee and wait for him there. Paul, he was prevented from going to Rome, even though he really, really wanted to. But the Bible says he was prevented from going to some place he really, really wanted to go to and had good plans to do good things there, planned it out. And same with when he was with Silas and they were traveling, the Bible says the Holy Spirit prevented them from going into the Asian province. How exactly the Holy Spirit prevented them? I don't know. I'm not sure. But those were moments of clear direction, clarity on what to do. We want those moments. But these were just moments, a moment. What about all the other ordinary days full of just ordinary things? work, sleeping, eating, community time. If I could take my imaginative liberties here, what if they remembered some of the things Jesus told them about living out their lives? First, let's take a quick look at Romans 12 and 2, which is the sturdy girl's base scripture. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, 
you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Full stop right there. Okay, love what, love what it's saying about my everyday life. I love how he sees the importance of living out every day, relying on his grace. But that bottom part there, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Are you like me? Sometimes it's like, I'd love to quickly respond to what you want me to do, but what do you want me to do? Are you like me? Do you just want that moment of clarity when you're a little fuzzy on which way to go and have a dream where God comes to tell you exactly what to do? Or you want that person that you trust and you, you go to for um, advice to just tell you what you need to do just to make the decision for you and it just doesn't happen. No moment of the clouds parting or seeing the writing on the wall. What do I do? What do you want me to do? What am I doing? Let's go back to what Jesus told the first believers. Words that, re that were recorded and are somehow still relevant and true and holy and full of energy for us today. It comes from his famous Sermon on the Mount. He sat on a hillside talking to those who followed him up there. He gave the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are um, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And after that, here it is. He says this, what he wants you to do. And I quote, he says, Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Did you catch that? He said... Here's what I want you to do. Be salt. Be light. So now you may be thinking, okay, where exactly should I be salt and light? Here or there? I'm happy to be salt and light, but where do you want me to be salt and light? Remember early when I told you that after Jesus was resurrected, he told his disciples specifically to go to Galilee and wait for him there for instructions. We call this the great commission. And that sounds pretty big. A commissioning is when you, is when someone is giving you your duty, your role, or your function on the team. And this, I mean, we call this the great commission. Your duty, your role, your assignment. And we churchgoers, we've heard it like this. Go ye therefore into all the world. But here it is simply, as Mark records it. And I love this version in the Passion Translation. It says this, 
And he said to them, As you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Did you catch that? As you go, meaning as you're going, as you're doing life, as you go about, be salt of good news. Be light of good news to everybody, which requires interaction and community. But here's what I get from that. Wherever your day takes you when you open up your eyes in the morning, be salt, be light. Perhaps we shouldn't be as focused about which direction to go as much as just going in a direction and being salt and light as we go. If some paths are rocky and hard, it doesn't mean you weren't supposed to take it. Sometimes the path is rough and rocky and hard and sad. He told us that some days would be like that. But you know what he also says at the end of that great commission? I am with you always. The message version says this, as he says, I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So to sum it all up on What Am I Doing podcast, here it is. Be salt, be light as you go where you're going. And I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. It kind of brings to mind the adventures of a little hobbit who's just a hobbit. But he stepped out of his door and had the greatest of adventures. I think it's in the Fellowship of the Ring, this quote from Bilbo Baggins. He says, it's a dangerous business going out of your door. You step onto the road. If you don't keep your feet, there's no telling where you might be swept off to. It's great advice, Bilbo Baggins. Be salt, be light as you go where you're going. Thank you.